trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Please contact your account representative for more information on these risks. Past performance is not indicative of future results. If you like grain markets and other stuff, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. Here's your host, Joe Baklovic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me. It is uh, Tuesday, October 13th here. Um, thank you for coming back and listening and watching. Remember, if you have not already subscribed to Grain Markets and Other Stuff, uh, you can subscribe just about everywhere. Um, Apple Podcasts, any of the podcast apps out there. Um, the new YouTube channel is uh, doing well. So if you prefer to uh, watch this stuff rather than listen to it, um, everything I do now, the morning commentary, um, all these uh, longer form episodes uh, are all available on YouTube. So certainly uh, check that out if you have not already. I've got a lot of cool stuff planned for the YouTube channel once uh, row crop harvest wraps up. What I'm planning on doing is some uh, some live streams um, in the evenings. Uh, it'll be 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night. And what I'm going to do is um, some tutorials on some of the more basic items uh, in regard to grain marketing. Uh, I've had a lot of requests from customers and, and listeners and people who watch to do, uh, you know, quick tutorials on options or uh, spreads or HTA contracts or very, very simple kind of basic, you know, grain marketing 101 type stuff. And I'm going to start doing that uh, probably mid to late November. And um, uh, we'll see how that goes. You know, if I do the live streams at night, you'll be able to log on and uh, ask questions in real time and kind of communicate in real time. It, it should be cool. So I'm, I'm planning that, you know, about six weeks out, we'll, we'll start going with some of that stuff. I wanted to uh, do a conversation on the wheat today. I get uh, uh, told by some of my customers that I don't talk about wheat enough in these uh, podcasts and videos and that sort of stuff. So I figured I would do uh, an episode on wheat today. And the wheat market's actually pretty interesting right now. Um, we've had a nice rally. Uh, we're into some price levels in, in the winter wheat. And I'm going to focus specifically just on SRW and HRW wheat today. I'm not going to get too much into spring wheat. But we, we have some price levels that we haven't seen in a while. Um, we've got some weather stuff going on. So I figured that I would do a... Um, uh, a quick conversation on on the wheat. We'll talk about the weather situation a little bit. We'll talk about the prices. I'm going to run some charts by you, um, and uh, we'll talk about carry out stocks to use ratios. Some very simple simple stuff, but a, a brief overview is kind of my game plan. So the uh, the first thing that we can probably talk about here when it comes to wheat is weather, and and we know that we have a drought. Uh, a building drought in the Southern Plains here in the United States. It's, it's really mainly focused over, you know, areas further West, like, like your places like Colorado and even West of there, but it's, it's moving its way East and it's moving its way into the Texas panhandle, into Oklahoma, into Kansas, into a lot of Nebraska, even as far as Western Iowa is dealing with some drought here. And, um, uh, keep in mind, I don't like showing you weather maps. I really don't. I know I'm not a weatherman, but I'm, I'm just showing you this for context. So we've we've got a building drought. This is last week's drought monitor that I have up on the screen if, if you are listening rather than watching. And then 
Here's your weather forecast. This is the forecast from now uh, through the end of the month in terms of what's expected uh, total precipitation. And what you can see here is that the vast majority of HRW wheat country in the U.S., um, almost all of Texas, all of Oklahoma, the vast majority of Kansas, most of Nebraska, and uh, most of Colorado – very, very minimal rainfall between that now and the end of and the end of the month. I mean, we're talking less than half an inch of rain in total between now and the end of the month. So not only do you have this this drought in place, this building drought in place, you've got a situation where the drought is uh, is exaggerating itself, and there's just really no relief in sight here at all. Now, the U.S. is not the only game in town when it comes to weather. As a matter of fact. Most of the time, when you see a wheat rally uh, on weather, a, a supply scare rally, you're going to need to see more than one uh, area, of, more than one corner of the globe affected. Uh, we grow so much wheat in so many different areas of the globe. Um, it, it's very often that you'll see simultaneous weather issues coincide with these wheat rallies. And that's kind of what we've got going here to some extent. You've got weather issues in Russia, which have improved a little bit. They've caught some rain and uh, the situation not as, as bad. Ukraine still looking at some lower crop estimates. And keep in mind that that's our, our big competition is, is in the Black Sea region. They are now essentially the uh, global price setters. We used to be Decades ago, we are not anymore. We've lost a tremendous share of the uh, global export market, um, partially because we're we're overpriced, and and a lot of it's because we've swept we've we've switched so much into row crop production and really pushed you know corn and soybean production. In any case, uh, no matter the reason, we do have some weather issues here, and that's part of what's driving the prices. I I think the other thing that's driving the prices is this sharp rally in the row crop markets. I mean, I'm not going to say that the weather is the only thing responsible for these these better wheat prices that we're seeing here um, on the board. I, I think that you could make the argument without the, the sharp rally in the corn market, without the sharp rally in the soybean market, maybe the wheat market wouldn't be as high as it is right now. And uh, that's not a complaint by any means. I mean, we'll take higher prices, however we can get them. And uh, of course, you can always make the argument about why a certain market is where it is. But I, I would probably make the argument that weather has something to do with this. Um, we, we do have a, a stocks to use ratio uh, situation here in the United States, at least that's tightening up. And I'll get into that a little bit later. But I, I think the row crops and the, the row crop rally and the weather, uh, both certainly kind of uh, of interest here. So I'm going to run to... Um, some charts real briefly and try to give you some some levels to think about. Uh, the chart on my screen right now is an HRW wheat chart. That's Kansas City Futures. And um, this is a weekly continuation chart that goes back all the way to 2009. There's a few levels that stick out to me here. I'm going to do this kind of like I did the corn and soybean charts uh, last week. So our big low, we, we basically have a double bottom in the 360s. Uh, we bottomed there once in spot month futures in 2016. We bottomed at 361 and three quarters in spot month Kansas City Futures um, in 2019. It would have been in um, September. So just a little bit more than a year ago, uh, spot month Kansas City wheat futures were $3.61 at, the, at their low. We have since uh, posted a pretty impressive rally in this Kansas City wheat market. Uh, the board's trading 532 today. Uh, it peaked um, uh, 
just recently, it was last week, I think up at, did we get up to 550? 552 and three quarters. So we've had a really nice improvement in prices. These are, when you look at this weekly continuation chart, these are the best uh, Kansas City wheat prices in, in a spot month contract since 2018. So you're into some two-year highs in prices. That's never a bad thing. A couple of levels to the upside to keep a lookout for. Um, that 2018 high in spot month Kansas City wheat futures, 598 and three quarters. That would be your big technical hurdle, I believe, if this rally in the wheat market were to continue. And, and I've told you about my 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 strategy or my, my game plan when it comes to charting before I don't do anything complicated. I, I look for previous high watermarks or, or previous lows in order to give me some sort of context. So in, in this situation, HRW wheat spot month futures, we're at 532 today in that nearby December contract. Uh, this is as I speak on, on Tuesday morning at about 1030 central time. That 598 and three quarter peak from uh, 2018 is is very much your next technical hurdle. And if this weather situation exaggerates itself, if the drought builds into the Southern Plains, if the Black Sea ends up with less than stellar production, uh, that is uh, certainly a logical upside target, I would think. Now, beyond that, there's really not a whole lot until you get up to 705, which was a peak from back in late 2014. Um so if you were to break out above that 598 and three quarter level and, and, and sustain a trade above that, I would say that that 705 would be your next logical target. Now, there are no guarantees of anything in this business. So if you get above 598 and three quarters, that doesn't mean that you've got a straight shot to 705. I wish it were that easy, but it is not. There are no guarantees here. You could very easily go up and, and run a bunch of stops above that 598 level and trade up in the sixes briefly and then back off. It, it, there's no guarantees here, but th- those are my two kind of upside targets that I would keep in mind here, that 598 and three quarters, and also that 705 and three quarters um, in spot month, Kansas City wheat futures. Now to look at the SRW market, um, it's a little bit different. We actually went up just last week and essentially peaked at the exact same level that we peaked at back in 2015. 615 and three quarters was the high in spot month SRW wheat futures, that's Chicago wheat futures um, from 2015. And we went up and traded just above 616. So with, within a penny, I'll call that a double top um, at, at about 616 in these spot month SRW wheat futures. So we've already hit one of the the technical hurdles there and we were unable to break out above it. So um, that's a level that is still in play here, given that we, we've backed off from that level. Um, We've got to get up back up to that level, trade through it, and then you can have a shot at some of these better prices. But uh, that was one that that really stuck out on the chart as being, uh, to me at least, kind of a, a major resistance level in this SRW wheat market. So above six fifteen and three quarters, which again you, you've now essentially got a double chart, a double top on that weekly chart within a few ticks. Um, six seventy seven is another another number that sticks out. We traded up there back in late twenty fourteen. So um, above six fifteen and three quarters, I. I would say that that 677 is uh, perhaps something to keep a lookout for in, in spot month Chicago wheat futures. And again, when I say spot month, I mean whatever the front month is on the board. Right now it's December. When December goes off the board, it'll be March. And when March goes off the board, it'll be May. And uh, that's the way a continuation chart works. It continually tracks spot month futures. So keep that in mind when I'm when I'm talking about these continuation charts 
and spot month futures. So 615 and three quarters, your double top there, 677, another potential target, an early 2014 target at $7.35. Those, those would be some potential upside targets that I look for. And those are numbers that are are certainly well above the prices that we're seeing here today. I mean, you're talking a good 80 cents above today's levels in these SRW markets to get up to that next level if we can if we can break out above that that double top at 616 essentially. So you would probably need to see this weather situation worsen, meaning uh, no drought relief, meaning lighter crops in the Black Sea and in the U.S. Uh, you need to see some things happen. Um, an extension of this row crop rally would probably not hurt things, but um, those are some targets uh, to consider just, just as far as the charts go. Now, just like I did in um, following that USDA report, I wanted to bring up some of these stocks to use ratio uh, type charts for you here. Let me see if I can blow this up a little bit. So this is um, the chart on my screen here, and and uh, where'd it go? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into um, breaking this down by class. I'm just gonna talk about all wheat stocks. I don't have enough time to run through all three classes and and give you the lay of the land there. But what you can see here is that in terms of the stocks to use ratio, which again is in my opinion the best metric, it's the best way to gauge. Um, uh, uh, the supply and demand situation. The carryout number in itself is just arbitrary. It's just a number. You've got to compare it to, to how much we're using. And that's what the stocks to use ratio does. We're projected to have a stocks to use ratio here in the United States, all wheat of about, is it 40% or 41% this year? That would be the tightest since uh, 2014. So if you look just at the US situation, you know, you're talking 2014, 2015 type levels. And when you go back to the charts, you look at where we were in 2014, 2015, that SRW market traded up to that 677 and even that 735 back in 2014. Um, the HRW market uh, back in that time frame, uh, 2015 had a peak at uh, right around six bucks. And then we had a peak in 2014, just over $7. So um, I would say that based on uh, these stocks to use ratios, this stocks to use ratio chart for the United States only, um, we're in it, we're at price levels that are not totally out of whack with with where we should be. Um, we're really not. We're seeing an improvement. We're seeing a, a slightly tighter stocks to use ratio situation. Now we're not anywhere near where 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 we were in say 2011, 2012, 2013, when we had stocks to use ratio in the U S for wheat, well below 30%. We're not there yet. We're, we're still above 40 is what's being projected, but it is a friendlier situation. Now here's the bad news. The bad news occurs when I pull up the world, uh, wheat situation, uh, world wheat ending stocks are projected to be essentially I don't know if it's record high, but it's a modern era high. My chart goes back to 1990, and we're going to be north of 42% in terms of world wheat uh, ending stocks or, or stocks to use ratio. That's not a positive. That That's a negative deal, and we've never been this high before. And you can see how how big of a contrast there is when we were down to to. 26% or so in 2012. And now we're up to 42, 43% in the world stocks to use ratio. So everything about the world numbers is very bearish, but keep in mind that in these world numbers and in the U S numbers as well, 
they don't know how this weather situation is going to turn out. They don't. So uh, in, in regard to the U.S., I'd say production is still a big toss up. I, I hate to get overly worked up about a production scare in October for winter wheat. It's, it's incredibly early, but I think the market is doing a little bit of that. And maybe, again, a lot of this has to do with the Black Sea region. A lot of it has to do with row crop prices. But um, just keep in mind when you're looking at this USDA stuff, it's not accounting for in a lot of situations, and this goes for any market, this USDA stuff is not accounting for what's what perception is, what the perception of what will happen the next week or or month in a lot of situations. And that's probably the case with the weather right now. Um, I don't know that anybody knows how this U.S. Uh, wheat production situation <clears throat> will turn out. I mean, that drought that I, I discussed, it could <clears throat> it could exaggerate itself. It could get worse. It could make its way further east. Um, that could be a big problem. Or it could go away and we could get a, a drought busting rain event. So, <coughs> excuse me, um, there's there's a lot of things that could happen here, both in the U.S. and overseas in, in regard to production. I hope that was a useful kind of uh, update on the wheat market with some potential technical targets, which I think is is the big take home here more than anything. If you have any questions about any of this stuff, um, leave a question in the comments on YouTube. Shoot me an email to info at standardgrain.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to answer any questions that you might have. I'm sure there's something I left out here, but I wanted to do kind of a broad overview of the wheat situation. Remember, as always, if you need some help with your grain marketing, uh, go to standardgrain.com, click on grain marketing plan, check out that subscription service. I let my customers and, and newsletter subscribers know uh, every day of the week exactly how I'm pricing corn, soybeans, and wheat. It's broken down by crop, by crop year, by percentage. Um, it's very easy to follow. It's $49 a month. You can cancel it at any time. There's no obligation. You don't need to be a futures trader. Um, you don't need to have an account. Uh, you, you don't need to talk to me ever. You can just get the emails if, if that's what you like. So um, certainly check that out. Everyone have a great week. Um, I'm sure I'll be back with something later this week. So uh, we'll catch you later.